It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder are on a winning streak. They've now beat the New Orleans Pelicans, and they've taken down the Spurs and the Lakers. It's just been an immaculate run so far that continues tomorrow night against the Kings. But how did the Thunder beat the Pelicans? How did they overcome the Pelicans despite not a great night from Shea? Who stepped up while he was not having the best offensive night? How did they contain New Orleans and keep them losing even though they were desperate for this win? All of that and more coming up on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O-Thunderpod. Email the show, L-O-Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show, we're going to dive into the Thunder game against New Orleans Pelicans. The Thunder win by eight and continue their winning streak, pushing themselves a half game out of the NBA play-in tournament. This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. McDonald's is serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place for tasty, affordable food. It's the unofficial community center. And a big thank you to our friends over at McDonald's for being there for us. I'm loving it. So this game was pretty fun. This was a game uh, that... The Thunder had no business winning when you consider how poorly SGA played from an offensive standpoint, but it was fun to see them battle through that, right? Whenever a team like New Orleans takes away your very best player, and they did a phenomenal job taking away SGA, when they take away a a phenomenal player like that, and you still find a way to step up and and, and to win this game, you have to admire the, the young, scrappy Thunder. But in this game, the Thunder were fully healthy. Everyone went to this game besides the two-way players, Aaron Wiggins and Paul Watson Jr. The Pelicans were without Zion, without Brandon Ingram. They did not play Willie Herman Gomez. Uh, Vitt didn't play. Malvon didn't play. Roby didn't play. Ty Drummond only plays two minutes, and Deck only plays two minutes, so it's also, it's also like they didn't play. But Derek Favors did get the start, and uh, he got the start to face off with Jonas Valanciunas, of course, instead of JRE. The Thunder win 108-100. The refs were really bad in this game. The Pelicans had a right to be upset, and it showed as they got five first-half technicals on them uh, the thunder once grew a 21 point lead they shot 42 percent from the floor 29 percent from three and 80 percent from the field that uh, for us you say from the free throw line uh, points in the paint were dead even at 46 new orleans uh only only had two more second chance points than oklahoma city the thunder had six more rebounds and then lou dort was just awesome so again it goes back to the fact that they were able to overcome sga's non-superstar night which given this roster construction and given the projections on this team coming into this year, you would not expect to win many games in general, but you would also not expect to win many games 
whenever your superstar does not have a superstar night. So it's a big, it's a big hat tip to Lou Dort, who scored 27 points tonight on 61% from the floor, two of seven from three, five rebounds, two assists, some incredible rim finishes. He already has more dunks this year than he had all of last year. I think that he's outpaced that by three dunks now already. And at the rim tonight, he was very good. This season has not been good so far to him at any level of scoring, but against New Orleans, he was incredible at the rim, including some fantastic and win finishes, splitting the defense on his drives, and only one turnover, which I know that Ludor is not somebody who is facilitating offense or playmaking, but part of the problem with his finishing at the rim has been A, getting there without getting the ball stripped, and B, finishing, just finishing the shot once you, once you get to the cup and are able to not find a way to finish at the rim. Really good to see that from him. Nine of 10 from the line tonight. Again, getting to the line 10 times. We talked about this all last year with SGA. The difference in scoring to take you from that next tier to, of scoring is free throws. Free throws, free throws, free throws. Look, look what's happening to Luca and Trey Young and Dame and, and James Harden and all these players early on this year that hadn't been getting to the line at the clip that they were previously. Their scoring drops. And so Lou Dort getting the line 10 times is going to provide a 27-point outburst from him that you're not quite used to seeing. But Lou Dort took it upon himself to get into an offensive groove and to really carry the Thunder offense at times that was sputtering. And, of course, when Arrest has a bad shooting night, Josh Giddy has a bad shooting night, that's two of your you know, five starters. He did a really good job of kind of fulfilling that need. As did Darius Baisley. This is now three straight games of Baisley being a very quality player. 55% from the floor, one of three from three, three of four from the line, seven rebounds, an assist, 14 points. And the biggest thing is he played under control and he limited his mistakes. He just simply played and did his job. And as I said last game, if this is how Baisley levels out to where he's either going to be a quality player or a really good game, and it's not this dipping down to being a really bad player, then that's all you can ask for from, from Darius Baisley. Because if he levels this out to where he is somebody that is going to for sure turn in good percentage shooting, nice defense, and a handful of points and a lot of rebounds, that's exactly how you, what you're going to sign up for for the Thunder and for Baisley. And then on certain nights, he can explode for 20 points plus and double, you know, a double-double and these amazing games where he's scoring a ton. But it's the... What's been the difference so far in his career has been the drop-off from those really good games to those really bad games. How do you limit that drop-off? How do you raise your floor? Because we know his ceiling is so high. How do you raise your floor? And so far, these last three games, Baisley has done that. Now, I totally get, if you're still skeptical, I I totally get if you still um, do not want to buy into Baisley's uh, three-game streak, but it's a step in the right direction. And hopefully he can build on this and play that way Friday and continue this kind of new look for him these past three games. But Baisley and Dort were really good tonight. They both did their job, and, and Lou Dort kind of went above and beyond. They also had some really nice moments where they were assisting each other. Like, like Lou Dort had a great pass to Baisley. Baisley had a great setup to Lou Dort. They both ended in ones. It was just a really good showing from both those players and both players who really needed it. Because Lou Dort had not been getting dogged the way that Baisley has. Like nobody was nobody was calling for Lou Dort to be benched or him off the team like they were for Darius Baisley. But his stats were pretty bad offensively, very bad offensively. 
And so he needed a game like this to turn his offense around. Darius Baisley, of course, needed this stretch of games he's had these last three nights um, to kind of change the perception of him a little bit, or at least quiet the noise online. Because it's hard to complain about a guy when he's playing the way he's played the last three games. So he's at least quieted it down. Now, for Baisley, not Dort, for Baisley, anytime he has another bad game in the rest of his career, he'll be met with this incredibly vicious online presence that is from the Thunder fan base, unlike Lou Dort, who just can't do anything wrong with the Thunder fan base. But it's still nice to see both of them playing at that level together on the same floor, and that's why the Thunder won this game tonight. Of course, they got help from the bench as well. They got help from Mike Muscala. Kenny Hustle played very well. Derek Favors in the starting group was a really solid player. Remember the first few games, Favors did not play particularly well, and we wondered, hey, maybe his Favors just kind of over the hill at this point, and he's just athletically declining. But these last four or five games, he's been solid. And that's what you expect from Derek Favors. You expect a solid game. He's not going to win you games. He's not going to be great or good or just jaw-dropping, but you do want him to be a solid player, and he's been solid all this week, in this past two weeks. 9.6 rebounds, to assists, a steal, 57% on the floor. That is a Derek Favors type of game, and so you're, you're happy that you know, three of your five starters played really well, but your other two starters still impacted this game, and, and again, it goes back to, as we talked about against the Spurs, even though Shea's efficiency was not there tonight, he did make some winning plays whenever he had to and help this team kind of move along. But again, the bench deserves a ton of credit too. Trey Mann, Kenny Hustle, Mike Muscala, they all had some really nice moments to will this team to a win. But let's spend this next time talking about SGA and what the Pelicans did to kind of take him away and what he can improve on to avoid that. And also just how he truly did impact this game, even as the scoreboard and the box score is not as kind to him as we're used to seeing. But first, this podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. It's back and better than ever, a new web interface for the start of basketball season and most props, odds, and lines than ever before. But online remains your number one spot for basketball and football action this season. Head over to your new and updated desktop website uh, and sign up today. You can do it on your desktop, your laptop, your mobile device, anything. BetOnline.ag, sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, up to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait. Take advantage of these amazing offers available for this season. Locked on is the code. 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. Betonline, where the game starts. And so we are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We are here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe so you never miss an episode. Very busy week and weekend coming up. We'll get to that later on. But after this podcast is over, go check out the Lockdown Fantasy Basketball Podcast to get you caught up to date on everything happening around the NBA fantasy landscape to help you win your league. But SGA tonight. The simple counting stats, 24 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. Really nice night from a steal and a block as well. But in this game, he was not that superstar. He was not that reason the Thunder won. He eventually compiled these stats, 24 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. I should say 5 assists, a steal and a block. But he did have 5 turnovers. 5 turnovers. Shot 28% from uh, 3, 36% from the floor. That's not at all what you expect from Shea. You don't expect these big turnover marks. You don't expect these low percentage shooting nights, 
And the Pelicans were fantastic at taking him away on drives, which led to a lot of those turnovers and contesting his three ball really well. It's one of those nights. Whenever you were a player like Shea, who teams are gunning to take you away. And when this roster is constructed as such that the entire game plan is simply going to be, okay, let Lou Dort beat us. Let Darius Baisley beat us. Let Derek Favors beat us. Let Mike Muscala beat us. Because if that happens, you just shrug your shoulders. Because those players, while good quality NBA players, are not the players that night in and night out can do what they did against New Orleans and take over games and win them games. More often than not, if you're just playing the percentages and playing the odds and playing the probabilities, more often than not, if you take away SGA and you get him to turn the ball over and you get him to to shoot low percentages, you're going to beat this iteration of the Thunder. Now, hopefully, as this team progresses, as this team builds their roster out, that will change. And so as they build this roster out, as they change those things, taking away SGA will now allow SGA to feed off of and, and to feed to great scores that can take the pressure off of him. And therefore you can no longer double team Shea. You can no longer trap Shea as he drives. You have to pay attention to everybody on the floor. You can't afford to leave anybody. And in this game, Baisley made them pay. Louis Dort made them pay. Derek Favors made them pay. And Muscala made them pay. Trey Mann was nice on offense in this game. So in this game, it all worked out for the Thunder. But again, probability says if you cut the head of the snake off in SGA, the rest of that game will be null and void and the Thunder will not win those games. But tonight, those players deserve a huge hat tip because that's exactly what the Pelicans tried to do. And Ludort beat them. And Darius basically beat them. But you see, it feels a lot different if you stop SJ to the best of your ability. He's still a great player. He's still going to get 24 points and uh, you know all the rebounds and assists. But if you lock him down to the best of your ability and create those turnovers off of his possessions, you feel good about that. Because you know that in general, he'll be able to torture you and he'll be able to beat you. And it's not so certain that Lou Dort can or that Darius Baisley can. So I, I think that the Pelicans and Spurs have done a really good job of taking away SGA. And the players around SGA have done a really good job of stepping up in that moment. Can that streak continue from those players? Maybe. But I understand why teams are gunning for SGA. And in general, SGA's done a good job of adapting. He became more of a playmaker yesterday, and especially against the Spurs. He found these guys that were helping him win. Uh, but hopefully SGA can get back on these phenomenal superstar games. Had a nice third quarter, had a, I mean, an amazing third quarter buzzer beater as well. He still had moments where he was the leader. He did a good job of in those moments where the, the refs kind of had some questionable calls and each team got a little chippy and, and talkative with it. And the five technical fouls in the first half, well, that, that can still allow things to spiral for the team benefiting from the technicals as well. SGA did a really good job of selling down the team, and calming them down. So he issues impact and his fingerprints were all over this win still, but credit to his teammates for stepping up. And this is kind of the formula. It's because SGA, even while getting taken away, even while getting double teamed, even while getting these late traps, even while turning the ball over five times, he can still, and he still does leave impressions on you that show you that he's the reason why you won this game or one of the reasons why you won this game. So as this team gets built out, you take that ability away from the opponent to take away SGA because they know they, they have to guard him with one player because if they guard him with two players then the Thunder eventually will have a roster where they have just absolute buckets next to SGA that can that can take advantage of them being wide open because you're sitting two at SGA so it, it's just fascinating to see that kind of 
flash tonight. That's what it was. It was a flash of what to expect long-term of, of players picking up SGA. And eventually teams will adjust to that as well. So SGA still had a nice night in terms of winning impact, but again, not the night he wanted, obviously. Uh, he, made, he made some great comments after the game about playing his cousin, who was phenomenal. Nikhil Alexander-Walker was awesome in this game, 33 points. Uh, it was really special. And he says, hey, I'm glad he had a good night, but I'm also glad he lost, so I'll sleep very, very good tonight uh, knowing that we got the win. And his cousin, of course, got the loss, but still, his cousin was on fire. I mean, I, I have not you know, watched every game of his career in the NBA. I'd have to ask Jake Madison at Lockdown Pelicans about that. But you'd be hard-pressed to find a better you know, game of his career uh, than the one that he played tonight. It was nice defensively, of course. Played some nice defense on his cousin. And was just on fire offensively. But it was, of course, great for SGA to get the win overall in this game. But you know, in this game... The win was so impressive because of SGA and Josh Giddy, your two lead ball handlers combining for 10 turnovers, and you still found a way to win. The whole conversation on this season has been, hey, look, this team's going to try hard. They're going to be scrappy, but young teams struggle to win games. Young teams struggle to close games. And you saw that start to creep in whenever this 21-point lead evacuates to a 5-4, 8-point lead, and it finishes as an 8-point win for the Thunder. You saw that young mindset start to, to to show its head late in this game. But the Thunder still found a way to win, and it was a huge learning experience. So all in all, tonight's game was a massive success for the Thunder. It, it's, it's far too early to look at records and look at standings and do all those things. But just in general, in the scheme of basketball and development, it was really nice to have a game like this tonight where – the refs weren't particularly great, and, and mainly it benefited the Thunder that the refs weren't great, but it still created an atmosphere in that arena and an atmosphere on the other sideline of animosity that you had to kind of break through. The refs were particularly great tonight. You played a desperate team that needed this win for their season, really, and, and, and to kind of make their season feel a bit differently with this big win. Think about the emotional impact of this game for the Pelicans. Coming into this year, the Pelicans you know, were supposed to be a borderline play-in team, and then they lose Zion, of course, for the start of the season – Brandon Ingram does not play these last couple of games or tonight. And then they're on this big losing streak. And tonight they play what was projected to be the worst team in the NBA. And they still lose. And they lose pretty convincingly until the end of the game whenever a young team just couldn't figure out how to close it out uh, fully in this game. So that mental mindset for uh, the Pelicans has to be just something that um, is not feeling great today if you're a Pelicans fan this morning. Now, for the Thunder, again, it's far too early to talk about the uh, standings and first overall picks and playoffs and things like that. But getting that true experience in this environment against this kind of team and this kind of desperate team and closing out this game, huge deal long-term for the development. And it, it's a game that, like the comeback against the Lakers, can really kind of be used as a look-back point for when this team is at the point that they want to be at. And they say, wow, that was a moment that we really came together and learned, you know, skill X, whether it's closing out the game or battling through whenever your top guy doesn't have it or whatever it is. But coming up, we'll talk more about Josh Giddy. We'll talk about the bench players and we'll talk about what's to come this week on Locked on Thunder. But first, once here right now, but your friends over at McDonald's. This episode of Locked on Thunder is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving community since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come together and reconnect. 
a place where classmates can meet up for a study group knowing they're going to have dependable Wi-Fi and endless amounts of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come and recharge. It's a place where you look forward to stopping on a long road trip to rest your legs and to refuel. So you can always, 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 always find McDonald's. Everyone knows where McDonald's are at. You love stopping there. Remember on those busy late nights after work, you just stop there real quick for uh, a nice dependable dinner or just after a little league game going there. Birthday parties. Just There's always a memory that all of us have from at McDonald's. Go there right now to reconnect, to refuel, and maybe even have a Lock on Thunder watch party in the future. We'll see about that at McDonald's. But either way, I'm loving it. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. So Derek Favors plays well. In this game, of course, Trey Mann and the bench was a big storyline. Trey Mann coming back from the G League assignment gets all of Tam Allen's minutes, 14 minutes in this game, 42% from the floor, 0 for 1 from 3, 4 rebounds a block, some incredible rim finishes as well in this game for Tam Allen. I should say for Trey Mann taking over Tam Allen's minutes. Trey Mann had these incredible spinning layups down the lane and just these uh, creation shots, which I found to be impressive, especially considering mainly in the pre-draft process, we talked about this creation from beyond the arc, but the creation inside the arc and inside the perimeter and at the at the rim stood out tonight. You still want to see him get going from three because I think that that can really take his game to the next level, but it's still way early in his career, and it was a nice showing from him coming out of that G League. Now, it's unclear when or if or how much will be sent back down to the blue, because so far tonight, we'll talk about this more tomorrow, but so far we know that Tom Alvon, Vic Critchie, and Isaiah Roby are all going back to the blue for Friday morning's game before the Kings game that night, Friday night. So we'll see how they play together with the blue. And so far, Trey Mann will remain with Thunder as of today. Maybe he'll go back down there eventually. Maybe he's just going to take over for Maldon's minutes and just fully run with this opportunity. But Trey Mann is a fun player to watch. I think that it's, I think that it is a good analogy for Mark to use the Skittles versus Broccoli thing. Even watching Trey Mann, you're like, wow, this is this is peak entertainment. You know, this, this is not somebody that's just kind of like Kenneth Williams. Kenneth Williams, we can all agree, is a good basketball player, but he's not like a jaw-dropping, dazzling, oh my God, must watch TV. What is he going to do next type of player? He's more of a forget about player. And I mean that in the best way, where you are allowed to forget about Kenneth Williams on the court because you know he's going to do his assignment, he's going to do it well, he's going to play basketball the right way. He's going to make the textbook play every single time, play within his role, play within his system, and do the right thing and help this team stay organized and stay professional and stay on track. With Trey Mann, with Pokashevsky, with these other players, it's like, I have no idea. He could pull out a spinning 360 layup. He could pull out a step back three from the logo. He could pull out a floater from the free throw line. He could just throw a pass to the third row of the stands. I don't know what he's going to do. That that kind of that kind of you know unexpected aspect of their games are, are what make them so fun to watch. Whereas Kenneth Williams, Matt Muscala, they kind of just are those steady eddies, those those people who keep this team afloat, which you need. You need those people as much as you need uh, the bro- the uh, Skittles kind of people like Trey Mann is. But Trey Mann was really really good tonight. Uh, Kenny Hustle again was a nice glue game from him, really good defensively, and kept the the offense moving you know didn't stick the ball in his hands too much you know, didn't allow the ball to stick too much and kept the offense with the flow 
to it. Mike Muscala, once again, wins this game for the Thunder. I think that down the stretch, especially, you know, doing a sound an eight-point game without his three threes, without his, you know, and ones, without his three for three shooting from the line, the assist, the rebound, the block, the steal, all of it tallying up to 12 points. You don't really win this game without that spark plug offensively to really get this team going. So a hat tip there to Mike Muscala. And then lastly, Josh Giddy, you mentioned it before. You've heard me talk about this from the time he was drafted the preseason you know, in picking him to win you know, and to go on these all-rookie teams. He's going to be a stat compiler, and he was a stat compiler. Seven points, 12 rebounds, nine assists. Even though it was not very efficient, people do not really penalize rookies for not being efficient. So the seven, the seven points, 12 rebounds, nine assists is going to be very gaudy and flashy for him. He gets a steal, but also has five turnovers. And so, again, it's a shout-out to all the marginal players like Muscala, like Kenny Hustle, uh, like everybody else, plus a huge shout-out to Lou Dort and Darius Baisley because whenever you look at this Thunder team, which, again, projected to be the worst team in the NBA, projected to be the worst team in the NBA, and so if I tell you that that's what everyone consistently thinks, like just nationwide, that's what everybody thinks in the NBA, that this is the worst roster in the NBA, we can debate if that's right or wrong, but that's what everyone thinks anyway heading into this game and heading into this season. So you do not have much roster talent in terms of the national perspective. Their two lead ball handlers have 10 turnovers combined. They have 10 turnovers from their two best ball handlers, their two best playmakers. SGA shoots like 30% in this game. SGA is like otherworldly efficient, you know, and, and it's just incredible at being calculated and, and score. He shoots 30%. All those factors go against them and they win this game. Finding ways to win is still very beneficial to the development of this team. And you can talk about tanking in terms of just the raw win-loss numbers, but tanking is also about developing developing young players and allowing them to find ways to win like this and to be scrappy and to play this competitive style of basketball does help them develop and help them grow. And we'll talk more about the, the tanking aspect of this season and you know these stretch of games tomorrow. We'll talk about the Kings game tomorrow. We'll talk about you know the power ranking roundup, lineup data, Sam Allen being assigned to the blue and so much more on tomorrow's podcast. This weekend, we're going to recap the Kings game from Friday. And then Monday, we'll recap the Nets game. Tuesday, we'll recap the Heat game, which they play on Sunday and Monday, respectively. Uh, the bet of the day today was Thunder plus four. That cashed. The money well pick was SGA. MVP of the game was Lou Dort. And so we've now got caught up to date on all that fun stuff, of course. So a busy weekend this weekend. You're going to get your normal Friday show tomorrow where we talk about the Kings game preview. We talk about Tim Allen and all that good stuff. And then this weekend, a bonus episode comes out whenever we recap the Kings game from Friday because on Monday, we've got to recap the Nets game from Sunday. So a lot to look forward to. Subscribe for free on all platforms, for free on all platforms for this daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder, five days a week. Make sure you're there. Subscribe for free on all platforms. And right now, for your second listen of the day, go check out the Locked on NBA podcast where you hear what's going on around the scene of basketball. Thursdays has Matt Moore. And Jackson Gatlin covering the NBA for you. So go check that out. Until then, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.